No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord promised the children of Israel many wonderful blessings if only they would keep His commandments. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 26 on Simply the Bible. God is for you. I can't think of any more comforting words than these. Perhaps the greatest lie that Satan has ever told and sold is that God is a cosmic killjoy, or that he's just waiting to whack people out of the universe. But nothing could be further from the truth, for every good and every perfect gift comes from him. God's heart is to bless his people. He gave Israel his instructions so that they would know the way of blessing. Leviticus chapter 26 is the if chapter. The word if appears eight times. It's a little word that can mark big conditions. God desired to bless his people, but whether they received his blessings or not was conditioned upon their actions. If they obeyed his commandments, then they would be blessed. But if they disobeyed, then they would be cursed. God's curses or punishments are often simply the natural consequences of breaking his spiritual laws. God would protect his people from these negative consequences, but it would require that they heed his instructions. Today we will look at the blessings for obedience. Tomorrow we'll cover the curses for disobedience. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 26. You shall not make idols for yourselves, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves, nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. This was the second of the Ten Commandments and the first that the children of Israel broke when they made the golden calf. Coming out of Egypt and moving into the land of Canaan, Idolatry was prevalent and a constant temptation. Idolatry is anything that comes between us and the worship of our God. In our culture, we have idols of sex, money, power, knowledge, and the greatest idol of all, self. In some ways, the ancient cultures were at least more honest about their idolatry, for they crafted their idols and openly worshiped them But in our culture, we boast that we are far too sophisticated for carved images. And yet we worship our idols all the same. Verse 2, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. The fact that Sabbaths is plural here shows that God was speaking of all his holy days throughout the calendar year and not only the seventh day Sabbath. They were to keep his Sabbaths and reverence his sanctuary. The emphasis was that both the Sabbaths and the sanctuary belonged to the Lord. 
If they would keep these, then he would be central in the national life of his people. But if they would neglect these, then God would soon drift away from their thinking and they would drift away from God. Although the church today is not under the Sabbath law and there is no more physical tabernacle or temple, when people neglect a holy day for worship and neglect meeting together in the name of Christ, then it isn't long before God drifts away from their thinking and they drift away from God. We should set aside time for worship and to meet with God's people for hearing the teaching of the word of God, not because of legal obligation, but because of love. The love of Christ compels us. That is the sure way to maintain the blessed life and it's a great safeguard against backsliding. Verse 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. You see, they didn't have irrigation the way we do they were completely dependent upon the rain cycles and if they were listening to god obeying his word then god would bless them with rain rain was always the sign of god's favor but if they disobeyed god then of course they wouldn't get the rain and their crops wouldn't produce like they could so here's the first blessing productive land, land that produces, land that would be prosperous because the rains came down. Listen, whenever we see the rain or the snow coming down, we ought to give God thanks. It's a sign of his favor to bring forth the crops, to bring forth a good yield from the land. Verse six, I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through your land. How wonderful it is to have peace. We're coming into that season of peace and goodwill toward men. But what a wonderful thing when we can have peace with God and peace within through the peace that the Lord gives to us. God said, I will give you peace from your enemies and from the wild beasts that were in the land. Verse seven, you will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. I could think of nothing better than to see your enemies run away because of the power of God that was with you. And God said, listen, I will go before you. I will take care of your enemies. I'll drive them out before you. I will send the hornet before you to drive out the enemies of the land. And all of this would be a sign of God's blessing upon them. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I went out to our garage the other day and looked at our freezer. It is packed full of food. And I thought, you know, we have to put a moratorium on buying any more food right now because it's completely packed. But on the other hand, I think, you know, the Lord has blessed us. There's so many people who are hungry in the world and I'm the kind of guy that I just can't stand to throw food away. 
So here we are trying to go through all of our food before it goes bad, you know. But that's a sign of God's blessing is that he was saying, listen, you're still going to be feeding off the old harvest when the new one comes in and you're going to just have to give it away. Give it to the poor. Get rid of it because the new harvest is coming in. And what a blessing that that is as, as God pours out provision for his people. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. And frankly, I can't think of any better blessing than this. That is simply to have the Lord among us. Because you think any blessing that we would receive, any material blessing is just the creation of God. But how much better is having God himself, the creator? God's whole purpose in meeting with them in Mount Sinai and giving them the plans for the tabernacle and giving them his laws by which they could be a holy people was so that he could dwell among his people and that he would be able to delight in his people. So he said, you'd keep my commandments and my soul will not abhor you. I will delight in you and I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. This carries over into the New Testament. We see in the book of Revelation that Jesus is walking among the seven golden lampstands, which are the churches. He's in their midst. Jesus said, if two or three of you gather together in my name, I am there in your midst. And what can be better than the presence of the Lord? Not the presence like you get under your Christmas tree, but the presence, his presence being with us always. What can be better than that? Verse 13. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. God would constantly remind them that he was the one that brought them out of the land of Egypt where they had been slaves and he broke the bands of their yoke and caused them to walk upright. The idea is that they were hunched over with misery being in severe, rigorous bondage. But God freed them. He lifted them up. He lifted up their heads, as it were. And, and when you think about what God has done for us, as we were in the bondage of sin, as we were slaves to our own appetites, bent over, hunched over, depressed, bummed out, God came and gave us life, gave us joy, gave us peace, released us from those things that were killing us and has given us a hope. I think that there's a, a great parallel in the New Testament to this chapter uh, of Leviticus chapter 26 because we have there in the book of Jude the encouragement that we should keep ourselves in the love of God. Even as God was telling the children of Israel, look, keep my commandments and you will be blessed. You will receive my favor. So Jude tells us, keep yourself in the love of God. That's what it says in Jude 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Listen, I view the love of God as being like a water faucet. And if we will keep God's commandments, if we will keep ourselves from sin and keep underneath the spigot of God's water faucet of love, then 
we will know the blessing of the Lord. Why? Because God is a good God and he delights in blessing his people. Does that mean we'll never have any problems? I think you know the answer to that question. We see in Hebrews 11 that there were many who by faith subdued kingdoms and worked righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouths of lions and so forth. But we also see that there were many who were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and sawn in two and tempted and slain with the sword and wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. And yet, were they blessed? Absolutely. Why? Because they suffered in the will of God and in the love of God, and they will have a great reward in heaven. So keep yourselves in the love of God. Receive God's blessings as he determines and rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because God is for you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of the Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Darrell's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go to our website at calvarytv.org. You can also text us at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. That's 208-314-3377. If there are blessings for obeying God's commandments, then you can imagine there are curses for disobeying them. Tomorrow we will see the shock and awe the Lord promised His people if they refused to keep His covenant. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.